In Matthew 26, Jesus is transitioning from his earthly ministry to go into the cross, you know, and pay the and pay the redemptive price for all mankind. He's transitioning from his earthly ministry to his assignment to be the redeemer of all mankind. And he's he's going through that transition and he held himself in a place of prayer during those times because there was a lot of pressure and temptation to go a different direction. That's why he's in the garden right before they arrested him. He's praying and he's saying, Father, let this cup pass from me. In other words, his flesh, everything about his natural, because he was God and man, right? Everything about his natural man, he could be tempted just like we're tempted. The Bible says in Luke 4, he was tempted in the wilderness and we have record of his temptation. So uh, he could be tempted and he didn't just, he he wasn't a robot. He didn't, he he didn't uh, just have to automatically obey God. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, operating out of some program to do the will of God. He had to choose the will of God and agree with God just like you and I do. And so there's a lot of pressure on him. Satan's there trying, you ever remember the uh, passion of the Christ? Remember that temptation scene? Yep, yep. I mean, that's probably uh, maybe a, a degree of the uh, dramaticness yes, yep. of what he was going through. Satan's there tempting him, but his own flesh uh, doesn't want to go through. Who, who would want to be crucified? Who would want to have nails put through their hands and scar, I mean, uh, thorns on their head and spear in their side and, and, and take on the sin of all mankind? He had never been out of fellowship with God. And he's going to take on the sin of all mankind and his father forsake him. And he's going to say, my God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? He never had been out of fellowship with God. I mean, his, his, everything about him is recoiling from all that. And the Bible said in Hebrews, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. In other words, he had to crucify the fleshly desire to not go through with that. Uh, And he came to full maturity spiritually. He was born as a baby and had to grow up uh, physically, of course, mentally, of course. But he had to grow up spiritually. The Bible says that Jesus, remember, uh, after he was, remember, they couldn't find him. They went to the temple, uh, and then they walked for two days back thinking that he was with some of his friends, some of their friends, and, uh, but he wasn't. He was back in the temple, and so they had to go back looking for him, you know, why did you do this to us, so to speak, you know? And uh, he said, wish you not, I'll be about my father's business. And then it says he, he uh, went back and submitted himself to him, and the Bible says he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. See, he had to grow in all those areas, just like you and I have to grow yes, in all these days. He had to grow up spiritually. Yes, he wasn't spiritually mature as a baby. And he kept growing, kept growing, he kept obeying and choosing the plan of God. And he came to full maturity when he said yes to the cross. And the Bible said he learned obedience through the things he suffered. He had, he had desire to go different directions. I'm not even sure where we're going to end up tonight. Well, we'll just follow the Holy Ghost here. But my point is that, um, that Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the, the account of it here. We're getting ready to read. And he said, my father, is it possible to let this cup pass from me? His, his flesh doesn't want to go through with this. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He, he consecrated himself to the will of God. Amen. This is not a prayer for healing saying, if it be thy will. This is the prayer of consecration. You don't, say, you don't pray if it be thy will for healing. That's what he already provided for us. This is an if it be thy will, uh, you know, for me to go through with this part of your plan, then I'm committed to it. 
Amen. So, but anyway, now I want you to see here, they're, they're, they're praying. Jesus comes to the Garden of Gethsemane, um, verse number 36. And he said, sit here, I'll go yonder and pray. And, and he began to be exceeding sorrowful in verse number 38. If possible, let this cup pass from me, verse 39. He comes to the disciples, find them asleep, said Peter, uh, and said unto Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? And look at verse 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now notice that. I have... This has been over the years, some of the, one of the most helpful verses in my life that, that God brings me back to over and over again. Not, not just constantly every day, but you know what I mean. Through different seasons especially, he really emphasized this verse because in times of transit, this is not just Jesus going through a temptation or enticement to disobey the Father like, like he, he probably experienced many times. This is not just that. It is, and when we've experienced many times. But this is a time of transition from one phase into another phase. And, and that's not just something that happens in ministers' lives. It happens in all of our lives. God starts saying, okay, it's time for the next thing I have for you. And uh, whenever those times come... You have to be ready because, you know, 1 Corinthians, uh, uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter number, where is it? The last, last verse or the last chapter of 2 Corinthians, whatever that is. Um, <clears throat> no, 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 excuse me, that's wrong. 2 Corinthians 2, what is it, verse number 9, talks about uh, the great doors open. No, that's not even right. That's not even right. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. I'll get it. He said, a great, Paul's talking, he said, a great door's open unto me, an effectual one, and there are many adversaries. That's what I'm trying to get to. There's adversaries by doors into more. Doors into more usefulness in the kingdom of God, doors into God trusting you with more uh, responsibility, doors into more financial increase. <clears throat> Amen. Doors into having a greater voice to speak into the body of Christ. Uh, there, there's a whole lot of different kind of doors or doors into greater things in the spirit, uh, you know, greater revelation where, where you start having revelation. I know somebody came to me recently and said, I am just seeing things I have never seen in my entire life. It's becoming strong. I said, praise God. But see, those times don't come. Those seasons don't come without some opposition, not from God, but from the, the adversary who's trying to keep you from getting through those doors. Amen. Now, so at those times, those are not times to be a spiritual slouch. I was, I'll never forget during the season of, now, <laughs> I'm not, doing the will of God is never a struggle. But sometimes if we let our mind enter into it, we cause ourselves to struggle. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's not a struggle. That's right. But if, if we listen too much, if we're living too much in the flesh and living, listening too much to our flesh and the voice of our flesh and the voice of our mind, uh, then we're going to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Not because God's making it hard, just because we're making it hard. Yeah. So it's a time to spend more time in the spirit yes. and be a person who walks more in the spirit and not going there in your mind. Yeah. Not going there with your mouth. Yes, yes. You know, I just, I'm not, I just can't do this. God, God. No, no. 
Zip it. That's right. Right? So, but, but, but I was walking in the, during that time where I was committing myself. And sometimes you have to, consecration is not a one-time prayer. Do you find that out yet? <laughs> Jesus is praying a prayer of consecration here. And he did it three times. In this, just in this passage, he did it three times. And so I'm, I'm holding myself in that place of consecration. And I'm doing it from, from sometimes from hour to hour. Yes. Because of the pressure, I, I, do, I don't know that I want to go through with this. I don't know if I want to consecrate to this. Yeah. Yeah. The, devil's, the devil will play, uh, he'll bid high for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's certain seasons he'll say, I, I really can't afford to let them get through that door. Come on. Am I making any sense tonight? And so he'll bid high for you and he'll do it with the lust of your flesh. He'll do it with thoughts against your mind. He'll do it with bombardment, attacks, attacks of fear. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? Worry, panic attacks, all kinds of stuff. And uh, if you're not spiritually on your game, he'll take you out in times of transition. More people to lose out with God in times of transition than any other time. Because rather than watch and pray which will hold them in a place where they're consecrated to the plan of God. Yes. Rather than enter into the plan of God, they enter into temptation. Jesus said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Yes. Yes. So I'm holding myself in that place. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, I got busy a couple of days in a row and, and just wasn't as strong spiritually as I normally am. And I'll never forget probably as long as I live. I was walking out of the garage. We got a spare refrigerator out in the garage where we keep extra milk and stuff and, uh, and freezer out there. But, but I was walking out there. I was getting some more milk. And I heard it. It almost sounded audible to me. I don't think it was, but it almost sounded audible to me. I'm just walking just past uh, where Pastor Debbie's car is, right about to get to the place where the middle divider is to where I'm at my car. I know this might say, well, what's, what's, what's the importance of the detail? That's, this is how real it is. I, just, I was walking, and I'm, I'm, I'm walking over here, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, watch. Uh, now, that might not mean a lot to you. It might mean like, like what, what, what? No, it wasn't watch in the flesh. It was watch over yourself spiritually. And if I went into detail what came in the next couple of weeks, it would curl your toes kind of stuff. Because, and he was trying to tell me, the devil's coming for you. He's trying to take you out. And that's what Jesus said to Peter here. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. <clears throat> I don't know if we finished reading the verse. Did we read the whole verse? Look at what it's, did we read it at all? Okay. Matthew 26. Let me turn it to, to me, turn to it in my paper Bible here. Matthew 26, verse 41. Jesus said to Peter, and he's really saying to all of us, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. So this is one of these seasons of transition Jesus is in, and he's telling the disciples you're in a time of transition too, because how many of you know they're going from being the follower and the student to being the leaders of a whole era called the church age? Now they're getting ready to have to put their big boy pants on because Jesus is turning this thing over to them. Boy, he's a man of faith, isn't he? 
turn it over to that ragtag team. Within a few verses, Jesus is denying, I mean, excuse me, Peter is denying Jesus. All the other disciples, they scattered. I don't know him. Never met him. And curse, curse. Peter cursed and said, I don't know him. And, and, and you know, they were, they were entering into temptation. They were entering into a season of temptation without the spiritual wherewithal to stand against it because they weren't watching and praying here when Jesus said, watch and pray. They were sneezing. They were snoozing. (laughs) They were snoozing. Right? Cutting Z's. I've had some sleepless nights. Not because, just to watch over myself. Just to watch over myself. I'm getting through this door. And this part of my man is not going to knock me out. Remember Paul said, you know, uh, talks about, uh, I keep under my body. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. I keep under my body. I watch over my, my physical body. The appetites of my body. I keep it, I, 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 I uh, keep my body under. And bring it into subjection. Isn't that right? And so, less at any time, when I preach to others, I myself would be a castaway. So he's saying, even though I've got this call, even though I've got this anointing, even though God's using me and so forth and so on, I can still be disqualified if I let this thing get to me. This thing can knock me out. I'm talking about the flesh. And I'm not just talking about the physical body as much as I'm talking about the appetites of the physical man. The, The lust of the flesh. Um, well, praise the Lord. Some of you are going to have to step it up because you got a nice little comfortable life going on. And I know who I'm talking to right now. Nice little comfortable life going on. And, and to be honest with you, you don't want to go on with the plan of God. Your flesh is too comfortable making good money. And I've been praying for one particular couple in here, and I tell you, nothing God has said to me tells me he's happy with you. Young couple in here. Amen. And you're going to fall into temptation real soon if you don't watch over that appetite of your flesh because you're not progressing in the plan of God. And I'm going to come to you. I'm going to talk to you. It'd be best for you to come to me first. All right. Because I'm going to come to you yes, sir. Come on. Come on with it. and try to save you all right. All right. from yourself. Yeah. Well, that's all free. No charge for that. <clears throat> because you just don't want anything. You, you <clears throat> I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, well, I won't say what I said. <laughs> Maybe I'm checking my spirit, see if I should say what I said. <clears throat> because it'd be good for for that little nice little comfortable life to be messed up for you. All right. Come on. Because nothing else is getting your attention. But you're not going to make it if, if something doesn't change. All right. All right. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. <clears throat> praise the Lord. Now, because um, <clears throat> there's a call of God on your life. And that call, has, you have to progress in that call. And you can't just sit back and be comfortable in the flesh. And that, that lasts forever. Eventually, something's going to happen because the door's open to the devil. 
you won't even finish Bible school online because you're not consecrated and committed enough. And so, why hasn't pastor used me? Because you're flunking. That's why. Anyway, praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, I'm still happy. I came to church happy and I'm going to leave happy. <clears throat> so, um, this is the second time Jesus went through this. One time was whenever he transitioned from, you know, growing, uh, growing up into manhood to be at the age he could be in the ministry. And uh, where in the wilderness, the Holy Ghost had just come upon him. And in the wilderness, Jesus uh, uh, was tempted of the devil in Luke 4 for, for uh, 40 days. You remember that? Yep. That was a season where Satan was trying to keep him. He was opposing him from getting into the next phase. So this is the second time he's in a transition where he had to spend some time alone with his father. And keep himself in line, so to speak. Does that make any sense? And so, uh, because he has to go on and fulfill the plan of God. Now, by 1 Corinthians 16, 9, by doors into more, there are adversaries. That's what Jesus is experiencing here. And so, uh, this is what it means when it says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. There's going to be opposition in you going forward into the plan of God. It's wrong to preach all the glory of walking through into the next phase and not preach the opposition. Because otherwise people think, what's wrong with me? Well, I must be doing something wrong. And they, they do what the Bible says, don't count it, don't think it's strange. Come on. Come on. Don't think it's strange that you encounter these things. Um, because, and so you have to watch over yourself. You have to, in fact, I'd encourage you to get your Bible concordance out or whatever and just look through the New Testament and look for the word watch. Just look for the word watch. You'll find you must watch over yourself and your spiritual condition or you will, like Jesus said here, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. He's, he's, he's saying watch over yourself or you're not going to get in, you're not going to get through this door. Satan's going to take you out. And he almost took Peter out. But if you go back into Luke's account, which we won't go to, go to it right now, but in Luke 22, you'll find Jesus said, said, Satan has desired to have you, talking to Peter, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. Remember that? But he said, I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. Um, Peter had just, because Jesus had just said, I'm getting ready to go to the cross, and then he said, he said, you are going to deny me that you even knew me. Yeah. And Peter got real adamant with the Lord. He said, in fact, let's go back there to Luke 22. I, I wanted to move it a little quicker, but let's just go back there. I, I think we all need to spend some time on this. Look at Luke 22, verse number, uh, <clears throat> let's go to verse, Let's go to verse, uh, verse number 31. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have thee, uh, that he might sift thee as wheat. I prayed for thee, if faith fell not, then thy strength, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. And look at verse 33. He said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both unto prison and unto death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt, uh, before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Um. If you look at, I think it's Matthew's account. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking of 
both counts together, and I mixed up which one it was. I think it's Matthew account that says, Peter went on and just vehemently said, I, I will not do that. You know what that tells me? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Peter wanted to do the right thing. Isn't that right? But it's one thing to, uh, it's one thing to think you're ready. It's another thing to actually be ready. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus is telling him, Peter, I know you want to. But you don't have the kind of discipline it takes to do this. And on your own, you would not make it. Right? Peter was not watchful over his spiritual condition. Therefore, he was unprepared for the temptation that was coming. Even though he thought he was ready and said he was ready. I'm ready to go to prison. I'm ready to die. And one little, little girl sees him by the fire warming his hand and said, I, I recognize you. You're one of his. You're one of his disciples. Yeah. I never knew the man. He spoke big, but he wasn't that big. Spiritually. You know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you what, you have to let the Holy Ghost tell you if you're ready or not. Because you don't know yourself whether you're going to be able to handle some of these things. So, uh, Matthew 26, 41, Jesus was saying, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. In other words, so you don't enter into this time of temptation unprepared. And therefore, fall into the enemy's devices. One of his devices is through the lust of the flesh. And so apparently there are times that you won't even enter into um, certain levels of temptation if you have a prayer life in place. Amen. And you stay alert spiritually. Now, it used to be there's things the devil would trip me up on real quick. He don't trip me up on things like he used to. Because I, I have learned some things. I'm not, I haven't learned everything. You understand. I'm not perfect, you understand. But I'm saying some of the little stupid things that he used to trip me up on, they don't work anymore. Anybody else testify to that? They don't work anymore. So... Um, because some of these things, you, you become so, as you grow spiritually, you become more sober about your own spiritual condition. And you don't inflate your own opinion of yourself. I don't know if you know what I mean. You don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Now, I know this ain't prosperity and everybody's going to get a new car by the end of the year. But it's, it's good preaching anyhow. Living this kind of consecrated, stable life will keep you in a place of blessing. And to be honest, here's something that most Christians, this is what I want to spend some time on tonight. I don't see how the Lord leads us here. Most Christians, they are, if you study Peter, for, for example, 
Peter was, God used Peter mightily in the early days of the church, right? He's, he's, like, he's like the first one on board and yeah. so forth and so on. But he's the first one also to put his foot in his mouth. Jesus said, I'm getting ready to go to the cross. Far be it from you, Jesus. Ah, you know, that'll never happen to you. And Jesus, Jesus gets done. By the time this conversation's over, Jesus had just said, get behind me, yes, Satan. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he, Peter's personality was a bit rash, a, a bit impromptu. In other words, act before you think, talk before you think. Nobody in here is like that. I mean, we just all, we're just all real wise and, you know, we... So, Peter was, uh, he's the kind of guy that he's getting complimented one verse, like Matthew 16. Let's go over to Matthew 16. I think most of us know this, but in Matthew 16, Jesus says, Who's, who do men say that I am? And some say different things, so forth and so on. Peter speaks up in verse number, uh, uh, verse number 16, Matthew 16, 16. Simon Peter answered, said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus got his whizzo button out and put it right on Peter's lapel. <laughs> Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood is not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. People say, well, Peter was the first pope, and he's the one, you know, God turned the kingdom over to, and so forth and so on. He said the same thing to all of us. A few chapters later, two chapters later, he said the same thing to all of us. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you No, he wasn't giving, he wasn't making him the first pope. So anyway, I just want to make sure that doctrine's out. But it's so, and so Jesus, I mean, he put that lapel button on there, made sure it was straight. Whew, look at that. Look at, look at verse number uh, 21. This is just, just a two verses later. From, thence came, uh, from that time forth came, uh, began Jesus to show unto the disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. The elders of the chiefs, the priests, and scribes, and be killed and raised, raised again on the third day. And Peter took him because he, he got this whistle button on him, you know. Now I'm a whiz. I mean, I speak for the Holy Ghost. I hear from God and I speak for God. Peter took him and began to rebuke Jesus, said, far be it from thee, Lord, uh, this shall not be unto thee. He turned and said unto Peter, get behind me, Satan. He's talking right, looking Peter right in the eyes. Get behind me, Satan, thou art an offense to me. Thou savest not the things which be of, be of God, but that which is of men. So Jesus took that whistle button right back off of his lapel. <laughs> I've been there before. I look, yes, sir. A few verses. I mean, just not maybe verses, but a few days later, I'm talking. I'm just. I'm, I'm sticking my foot in my mouth. Now here's what I'm. I went here to say this. Peter is. He heard from God and spoke by the Spirit, by the Holy Ghost. Yes. He also heard from another voice and spoke for it. It, was, it wasn't God. It was, the, it was not the Holy. The first time it was the Holy Ghost. But the second time, it's the devil himself. Get behind me, Satan. That's where a lot of Christians are still. And this is a babyhood stage of Christianity where people listen to one voice and, and yield to it and then listen to God and yield to it. And they go back and forth because they have not grown spiritually enough to know the different voices and to know which one they're yielding to. That's why they're unstable. I mean, Christians auto desire stability. 
Amen. Amen. Do you know that when people come through, visitors, somebody come through the back here, and they say, hi, I'm so glad. This is the first time? Yeah, good to have you. Wonderful. What's your name? Where are you from? Oh, I'm just from this. I didn't know this church was here. My goodness, this is my church. Well, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. That pretty much is a, is a, is a um, kiss of death. That pretty much tells you you won't see him again. Amen. Why, what, what are they doing? They're sensing the Holy Ghost, and they're responding to him. But usually, they'll not, they, they don't know the different voices that they listen to, and they'll go out and forget, start listening to another voice, and that's the last you see them. That's par for the course for the body of Christ today. I didn't say you, but they just listen to a lot of different voices, and they're unstable. They'll say one thing, and then they'll do that for a while, and then they'll say something else and do that for a while. Now, you say, because, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians uh, 14, what is it, 10, talks about uh, there are many voices in the world. And that's what Peter here, he's listening to the other voices in the world. There's the voice of the Holy Ghost. There's, there's, he has a voice. He can speak. Jesus can speak. God can speak. He can talk. But, but uh, see, we've got to learn to grow up and not listen to all the different voices because there's more than God's voice. There's the voice of the devil. The devil can talk to your mind. Right? And, uh, and sometimes people, Christians don't know the difference. But not just that, there's, I say humorously sometimes to get people's attention. Not, not, it sounds, sounds a little strange saying it this way, but, but I do get people's attention with it. Um, I say sometimes, the Bible says there's many voices in the world, and it also says there's three in you. <laughs> Boy, you think, well, my, do I need something cast out of me? No, that's not what I'm talking about. There's the voice of your spirit. That's conscience. There's the voice of your mind. That's reasoning. Or the emotions is also part of the soul. Uh, that's emotions. Is, uh, people today call it passion. The Bible calls it, emo- I mean, the Bible calls it uh, 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 affections. Affections. You read the Bible and the New Testament talks about affections. Those are emotions and passions. That's another word for passions. And the, the church body, the body of Christ at large, will, will teach people to follow their passion. Well, I, I don't find that in the Bible. I don't see that anywhere in the New Testament you're supposed to follow your passion. You follow the Word, number one, and you follow the Holy Ghost, number two, but you have to recognize how the Holy Ghost talks, and sometimes it's not a voice at all. Sometimes it's just the inner witness, or sometimes it's just the voice of your own spirit. And so, uh, the voices in you, number one, is the voice of your own spirit. Yep. And then the number two, the voice of your, of your soul, is, is your regional, rational thinking. And then also the emotions. Yep. Your feelings, we call them feelings. And then we also call the, feel, the, the voice of your body feelings as well. Yeah. But really, sometimes we're talking about our soul, yeah. you know, or sometimes we're talking about our body. Yes. Hit your neighbor on the arm like that and say, did you feel that? See, how did that person know? Of course, they saw you, but if they couldn't see you, they could yeah. know you, you hit them because yeah. they felt it. Yeah. Right. That's the voice of your body. Yeah. Yeah. And your body will, will, uh, <laughs> your body will talk to you. Your flesh will talk to you. Your affections will talk to you. And I'm here to tell you tonight, some Christians don't know the difference. Now, this is a spiritual maturity issue. But as you grow spiritually, you stop listening to the other voices, even the, vo- the voice of your own mind and the voice of your own emotions yep. and uh, the feelings, you know, well, I just feel hurt. 
You know what I'm talking about? I just feel like they don't love me anymore. I just feel like God's, for, God's not in a galaxy far, far away. I just feel whatever, you know. You know, the God's not a feeling. No, no, sir. He doesn't guide through feelings. No, sir. Come on. Amen. Amen. But, but uh, uh, I'm just preaching about the Holy Ghost tonight. There's, I, I, the Lord has been really talking to me. He started talking to me down in Kansas City about this. He started talking to me about, you're going to have to get back on being led by the Spirit some. Because there's, number one, we've got to all be reminded, of course. But number two, there's some young ones that are new at the church. They, they didn't go through all that teaching. So we got to go back and help them along because they're listening to different, different voices or different influences. Different things are speaking into their decisions and they think it's God. But it's the voice of their own affections. Now go to Hebrews chapter number 4, verse number 12. The word is a sharp two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder. Notice this. Dividing asunder of, of what does it say? Soul and spirit and of, of the joints and marrow and is a discerner. The word discerner in the Greek means revealer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In other words, it will tell you there's only one thing in the world, to be honest, that can help you identify the three different voices that I'm, well, identify all these voices, but the ones I'm talking about in you, I'm talking about your own flesh and your own mind and intellect and soul and emotions, and then the voice of conscience, which is the voice of your spirit. That's the only thing. The Word of God will help you divide the difference. And the two closest ones are the inner witness and the soul, the feel, the emotions, more people have trouble dividing those two than any other. You can pretty much figure out which voice is your body. And your own rational thinking, you can pretty much, you know, figure that out. But, but these two now, I, I've watched Christians just, just be convinced that, that God was leading them a certain direction. And upon, upon just a few questions and, and a little bit of inquiry into it, I found out it wasn't God at all. It was their own emotions. People do this in relationships. They do it in uh, marriage, potential future marriage partners. They fall into love. Huh? With a piece of meat. It wasn't love at all. It was lust. Amen. Amen. When did God speak to you about that? Oh, it was whenever I fell in love. Well, what do you know about love? There you go. Thank you. I, didn't never, I never found in the Bible it's a falling anyway. <laughs> Love's not something you fall into. Love's something you act on. Oh, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. <laughs> This is one of the devil. Do you know that I have, I have been around for a little while and in spiritual things and in ministry? Yes, sir. What is this, 34th year or 50th year, whatever it is, of ministry? Yeah. And I have to, you know, you have to, well, just through observation, you learn some things. Yeah. Here's one thing I've learned. Getting into wrong relationships with the wrong person is one of the devil's favorite tactics. There's a lot of folks struggling with disunity in their home yep. over spiritual things. Yep. Yep. 
And more people held back from the plan of God over disunity in their home, over spiritual things, than probably about anything else that's holding people back. Amen. Well, um, so, but the reason a lot of times is because they don't know how to follow the Spirit. They're following their mind. They're following, oh, you like, you like, uh, you, you, you're, you're in the, in the whatever field of work, you know. That's what I'm in, you know. We kind of got some things that we, that we uh, you know, understand one another on. Uh, that has nothing to do with the leading of the Spirit. Nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Praise the Lord. Y'all still glad you came? We're just, we're just teaching a little bit here. Praise the Lord. And if you don't watch over yourself, watch over what's, what voice you're listening to, what's motivating you, what you're, what you're responding to, then, then these wrong influences can get you off course. And I'm watching too much happening in this transition time, people being knocked out. You seeing where I'm going with this tonight? And we've got to help people recognize which voice they're listening to. We've got to teach them that, that, that God doesn't lead. Remember Romans, 14, Romans 8, 14, and 16? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We are the children of God. The Bible teaches being led by the inner witness. And if you don't know the difference between the, the voice, if you have not learned to separate the voice of your own, inner, your own inner witness, the voice of your spirit talking, the voice of the inner witness is the Holy Ghost bearing witness with your spirit. Yes. Then your spirit will pick that up and talk to you as the voice of conscience. Yes. That's good. That's good. Um, and if you don't know how that works, if you've not got enough of the word in you to divide between how God leads and how your own emotions will talk to you or whatever, you're, you're at a disadvantage, really. Immaturity is dangerous. Let me rephrase that. To stay immature is in da- dangerous. It's not dangerous to be immature. We all start out there. But to stay there, living in the realm of feelings, living in the realm of the flesh and the affections and the emotions... To stay there is dangerous. Yes, amen. So dangerous. Amen. amen. So, praise the Lord. I, we could teach on this literally. I mean, go out here and get this series. What's it called? How to be led by the Spirit of God or something. Or, or go on the gem vault. I can't encourage you enough to, to, to learn to recognize what's... Because some people... I've watched this. Some people get offended and, and they, weren't, they weren't led led to do what they do until they got offended. Now we're being led. They don't know the different voices they're listening to. You know what I'm talking about? They, they were fine and happy and everything was wonderful until they got offended. Now we're led to do something different. You weren't led. Yeah, amen. You, you, you're not getting a release in your spirit. We just got a release in our spirit. You aren't getting a release in your spirit. You're getting relief in your flesh because your flesh doesn't want to stay put and stay crucified and say, no, I'm going to follow what God's put in my spirit, not my feelings right now because I'm offended. And Jesus said in the last days, that's going to be pretty common. 
many will be offended, it says. What he's saying is many will be spiritual babies. And that's dangerous. I mean, not being there, not getting saved, every one of us is a spiritual baby. But staying there is really dangerous. Well, did you get anything out of that tonight? I don't know if I did that justice or not. But Peter said, uh, or Jesus said to Peter, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. And uh, that's exactly what Satan was trying to do. He's trying to knock them out of entering into the next phase of what God had for them. Uh, Jesus himself, but Jesus was sharp enough spiritually, he caught it and stopped it and wouldn't yield to it. Amen. Peter, he's not that sharp. <laughs> not as sharp as Jesus. But, uh, but Jesus helped him. Aren't you glad for the help and mercy of God? So watch and pray, and the New Living Translation says, so that you will not give in to temptation. Notice that give in. If you give in to temptation, you'll not enter in to the plan of God. Amen. Um, So uh, what does he mean by you'll enter into temptation? He's talking about the principle, I believe, of 1 Timothy 6, 9. If you read through the, the, especially the epistles of the New Testament, you'll see this principle in 1 Timothy 6, 9 brings it out real clear. That when you yield to one temptation, many others are right on the heels of that. I could stand here tonight and tell you stories. I, let, me, I mean, let me just tell you one. A woman coming to, to, to the church here for a while, it was really growing spiritually. I mean, she'd come and she'd bring her diary and she'd show me how God was talking to her and helping her and the answers she was getting and how the, those answers were helping her in her thought life so much because she had been tormented in her mind. And, and she's just so thankful and appreciative and being blessing and she's bringing us offerings because she's grateful. We didn't ask her to do that. I'm just talking about what she did. I'm just trying to show you how, how blessed the word, the word was helping her. And so, and she's, she's just, and sometimes she'd almost cry, just, just thankful. And she got, she got to the place to where she started listening to wrong things on the internet. You know, the internet doesn't like what we preach. There's a lot of folks that just think we're nuts. You know, believe in God for healing and it's always the will of God to heal and, you know, all that. And so, um, but she got to listen to wrong things on the internet and this, this thing started talking to her. And because it started talking to her, it's making suggestions to her that, you know, and if I told you the whole story, you'd curl your toes. But, uh, but uh, so she's, she's, and she's listening to this and it's making suggestions to her. You know, you, you don't have to live holy and so forth and so on. And this isn't right and so forth and so on. And she started drinking a little wine and doing, doing a little this and doing a little that. Yeah. That lady, precious sister, she got so deceived so quickly that darkness came over her mind. She went into perversions that even normal sinners think is crazy. You know what I mean by normal sinners? They're just not, they're just not whacked out of their head. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, you meet them on the street, they're fairly normal. But this dear sister, she went off on the deep end. That even people in the, just living out in the world think that is nuts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But see, that's what, that's what the one, yielding to one temptation will open the door to many other, or let's put it this way, yielding to one thought comes to your mind. When I say yielding to it, I don't mean it just came. I mean, you took it into your mind. You think that way now yourself. 
But taking that in and yielding to one, we'll, 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 there's, there's, it's, it's, a, it's like I say it this way, uh, the devil's thoughts breed like rabbits. Anybody ever raise rabbits? I grew up on the farm. I thought it was the coolest thing to make rabbit pens and, and breed rabbits. They multiply. I mean, you can take them down to the sales, sales barn and sell them, you know. Make a little bit of money as a kid, right? But those rabbits, I mean, they'll breed and then they'll have babies and then they'll just go right back to breeding again. Before you know it, you got rabbits everywhere. <laughs> Amen. But that's the way that the devil's thoughts are. You yield to one. There's, there's two more parked right. There's two more connected to that. And then 17 more connected to that. And you yield it before you know it. You're going to be out in la-la land. You're going to be nuts. So the key is don't give place to one. Entering into temptation. Watch and pray that you enter. Not See, catch one and you won't have to deal with the 75. That make any sense? Because because you yield to that one, and all of a sudden things are just going to start coming, just going to start coming, just going to start coming, and you'll remember this next time. Because I've had times where I got weak spiritually, and 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 just just you know not not on my game, taking you know resisting the thoughts that come to my mind, and before you know it, my mind is in a bad place quick, and I'm quickly back to the oppression that I was in when I was a teenager. Which I don't live under, but, it, but it's standing there ready to come back. Anyway, get anything out of this tonight? Watch over your spiritual condition. Watch over your thought life. Um, praise the Lord. Well, I don't know. Somebody said, how can I learn? Can, can you get a book to, to read? Remember, we didn't normally have a book of the month, right? We didn't do one this month. But... Um, Read in the tongue, Brother Hagin's book, Tongues Beyond the Upper Room. Yeah. Read um, in the paper book, it's page 281 and on. But it talks about uh, really how you can know the voice of the Spirit of God. Le- learning to know the voice of your guide within. And uh, praying out until you settle what God's saying to you and things like that. Um, it starts on page 281. Of course, if you got the electronic version, it might start on a different page because you got different type font size, right? So, but um, uh, it's chapter 16, and the first heading is times of refreshing. Learn to get into the presence of God and settle things. And then whenever temptation comes to go a different direction, you go back to, nope, I already settled that. That's not up for debate. Amen. And learn not to to listen to different voices. Learn to know. Remember, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. John 10, verse what? Four and five together, I believe. My sheep know my voice. And the voice of strangers, they'll not follow. That's a good confession. I'm not going to follow these other voices. I'm not going to follow the voice of my flesh or the voice of my emotions or my passions. I'm following one voice. It's dangerous. It's dangerous to not grow up spiritually to where you know the difference between the, the inner witness and your own thoughts and your own, you, you know, where you don't know the difference. I mean, you don't know the difference between these different things. And therefore, you just kind of think, well, it came to me. It must be God. Brother Higgins said he met a preacher one time. He's, he's given out all these words of knowledge. And he said, Brother Higgins said that he's sitting there and the Lord spoke to him a word, familiar spirits. And he went up to this minister afterwards and said, 
so these are words of knowledge. He said, how do, you, how, do, how do you know it's God? This minister, he asked this minister, how do you know it's God? He said, well, I don't know. It just comes to me. I just assume it's God. Wow. <laughs> that's dumb. Wow. That's, that's, that's dangerous. Yes, sir. You got to learn to know the voice of the Spirit. Yes. Know the different voices. Yes. He's actually yielding to familiar spirits. Yeah. Well, the devil doesn't want you to be sound. He wants you to be unsound. And you listen to different things at different times. You ever heard somebody say something? I don't understand that person. He's just like he got two different personalities. You ever heard something like that? You ever seen somebody like that? You ever met somebody like that? You ever seen him in the mirror whenever you were looking in the mirror? <laughs> I have been there before. <clears throat> don't, I'm not putting you down. I've been there before. But anyway, a lot of times that's not something, you know, like the psychology world wants to diagnose that or whatever. A lot of times it's the different voices they're listening to. They'll, for one time, they'll listen to the voice of the Holy Ghost, and then they'll turn around and they'll listen to something else or yield to something else. We're growing out of that. I said, we're growing out of that. Amen. I know a particular man uh, right here in this congregation. I was praying for him because I noticed that pattern. Now, you want to know how I noticed this? Because it's a pattern that I had been into before myself. I said, Lord, I know what he's been around. I know what his dad brought him up in. I know the atmosphere. I know what his dad yields to because I know his dad. And I know where that's coming from. And I know when he gets around his dad, he goes back to that. He's a Christian. He's a believer. He goes here to church. He's growing up spiritually. But I just watched. He turned into another person. I said, Lord, what about that? And he said, he'll grow out of it spiritually. He, he just keeps on growing spiritually. He'll grow out. And that's exactly what he's been doing. He's grown, gro- growing right out of it. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what we're all doing, growing up and growing out of it. Yes. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I want to get so mad I want to spit. I just want to grind a teeth. I just want to grind a tooth out of my head and poof, spit it on somebody. <clears throat> I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not. <laughs> But that's not the right spirit. <laughs> Stand up with me. <laughs> no, praise the Lord. <clears throat> I was listening to, I had an experience the other night. <clears throat> I don't know if I should say it publicly. Anyway, I was talking to somebody in the spirit. And uh, it's a long story. But anyway, this, this person said to me in the spirit, they said, now, he said, if you can't, he said, if you're, you can't help people, he said, if you're perturbed at them. Right. Well, yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're growing. Amen. Growing up spiritually. Maturing. Grow, listening to only one voice. Say this out loud. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. I know his voice and other voices, strange voices, I will not follow. Hallelujah. I only yield to the Holy Ghost, not other spirits. Now, could, could a Christian actually do that? Yeah, Peter did it. He did it right in the presence of Jesus. Jesus is standing right there. He yielded to the Holy Ghost. And Jesus standing right there and he yielded to the devil. But that's a, that's a, that's a characteristic of immaturity. Praise God, we're growing out of immaturity. Praise the Lord. 
And I'll tell you, me growing up benefits you, and you growing up benefits me. Amen. So we're just a blessing. We're more a blessing when, we, when we're stable. I don't want to be the kind of Christian that people don't know which version of Jay Everly is going to show up today, you know. I don't want the office thinking, okay, when he comes in here, which version are we going to get today? I want them knowing that I'm stable, I'm the same. Praise the Lord. Not up and down, in and out. Amen. Glory, glory. Tell your neighbor, I don't know who that's for, but I'm going to take my part tonight. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <laughs> glory to God. Glory to God. Lift both hands. Father God, we thank you for your mercy on us. Lord, in the times we've learned in the past, whenever we've yielded the wrong things, Lord, it's just, it's just immaturity, and we, we thank you for your mercy. We, Father, we thank you today for spiritual growth. We thank you, Father, that we're growing up into full, uh, the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Praise God. And more and more and more, just like Jesus said, we're going to be able to say to people, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hallelujah. Because I'm only yielding to him, nothing, never anything else. In the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We thank you in the name of Jesus for helping us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, as we seek you with all of our heart. You show us that, that you'll, you'll teach us your voice and which voice is your voice and which, which part of our being, Father, is our spirit so that we can learn to separate the difference and what things we, we, we should yield to and what things we should not yield to. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. The more uh, of a rut you get into yielding to something, the more difficult it is to get out of it. Does that make any sense? So sometimes, like I grew up, there's certain things that I grew up yielding to, not even realizing what I was yielding to. And until the Word showed it up, I, I had no capacity, of, first of all, even identifying yielding the wrong thing. And then second of all, till I grew up spiritually, I didn't have the capacity to stop yielding to that. So, so we have to be willing to say truth, Lord, whenever he holds a mirror up in front of us and say, you were yielding to the wrong thing. I've had the Lord deal with me before. You yielded to this. You yielded to that. It ain't pretty sometimes. That doesn't happen as much as it used to. You understand? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I had the Lord one time. I was preaching up at Pastor Craig Fields' church. And he and I got to talking about something, about, about some things about the Spirit and how he moves and works and so forth. And I went back to my room and the Holy Ghost picked up the conversation. He said, now, he said, there's been two times in your life, there's a, there's a Spirit that sounds a whole lot like the Holy Ghost. He said, there's two times in your life that you listen to it. Well, actually, he said, one time you listen to it, the second time you heard it, that, that voice talked, but you, you, you realized something isn't right because you had grown up more spiritually. You know what I'm talking about? And he identified where they were. And as soon as he showed me where they were, I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I see it. I see it. And, I, and I, I've told you about I think I've told you about some of that. But, um, well, just what, what, when you find out what you did and what you yielded to, you just say, forgive me, Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to do that no more. Now I know. Now I know. 
Somebody said, you, you listened to the wrong voice? Yeah, just, there's not a man alive that hasn't listened to a wrong voice. Jesus is the only one that didn't yield to what he heard, but he himself heard wrong voices. Luke 4 talks about it. The, spirit, the devil came and said some things to him. If you be the son of God, cast this, you know, yourself off the penny, all that. That's all spirits talking to him in the spirit realm. It's not whether you hear it or not. It's whether you listen to it or not and whether, whether you act on it or not. Praise the Lord. So we're learning not to do that. We're learning to catch ourselves before two weeks later whenever we get in the next church service, you know. Oh, yeah, I listened to the wrong voice. <laughs> How many of you know you need to recognize that when it's right here ready to come out of your mouth, you're like, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's the wrong voice. <laughs> Greet your neighbor, tell them, I'm getting some help tonight. <laughs> Praise God for the help we got tonight. Praise God for the help we got tonight. Amen. This will help husbands and wives a whole lot. Just, just what, what is it that I'm being motivated by right now? What is it that I'm, what, where, the thoughts that I'm thinking, are they coming from God? These thoughts of anger or bitterness or unforgiveness or so on. Well, I got to quit. Praise the Lord.